the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are the greatest nation in the world. A breath of fresh air. Common sense. Very impressive. He's articulate and he knows exactly what we need. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be informed and inspired to help build a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. We've uh, got our travel plans for the political conventions next year. The Democrats this morning announcing that they will go to Philadelphia for their convention. The Republicans had already announced they'll go to Cleveland. So they will be back to back. In the uh, third and fourth weeks, I think, of July, second half of July of next year. So Cleveland first for the Republicans, then down to Philly for the Democrats. The last time the Democrats were in Philadelphia, 1948, when they nominated Harry Truman. Wow. So, But they are having the conventions back-to-back. Yep, back-to-back, unfortunately, okay. yes. So, Do they well, normally? I thought they usually leave a month in between. No, no, that was the old days they used to do that. In recent uh, times, they've started doing them back-to-back. At least this isn't that far apart. We've had uh, different times when they've been a much further jaunt between them. But I would in- imagine there will be a lot of people who will drive from D.C. up to Cleveland, then drive from Cleveland to Philly, and then back home. Now, excuse me. Kimo Sabe, what do you mean our travel plans? Do you think the Democrats are going to let me come to that convention? I don't see why not, buddy. <laughs> I would love to go to that convention. All you got to do is say you want a spot there on Radio Row. I'm sure you could go. I guess you could say that you, I could get credentials. Why not? I? Oh, okay. I wouldn't mind doing both of them. Uh, back listen, to back. I always think it's better. Uh, yeah. Actually, by the time the second convention, usually everybody's so tired. Yeah. I always argue that the the party that goes second gets worse coverage, because by then people you're you're wrung out after the first one. Right. And then you go to the second one, and most of the same people are there. You're grumpy. You know. You know. It's, uh, blah, blah. And I always <laughs> think that second party would be better off to take a week in between, but they decided to go back to back. Well, let's talk about that. I might just go and be on because well, I know I'm going to be at both. So. You're going to be at both. Yeah. I did Radio Row at the Republican convention, so that might not be a bad idea. We'll have to talk about that. Now, Jamie, I am. Let me try to be political correct for the cheering's sake. Ticked off about this IRS seizure. Yeah, this IRS story I did on my blog. If you haven't read it, you yep. JamieDupree.com, and you know it's. It's one of those stories that I look at, Herman, I, I, and I'll, I'll tell you seriously, I just stumbled over this one. Uh, you know, every day there's all kinds of hearings, there's all kinds of news conferences. Some days you pick a good one, some days you just happen to be listening to some hearing, and oh, that's a good story. So they had the IRS chief in yesterday. I decided to listen to him because a couple other things I was trying to cover didn't seem to be producing any news. Who had him in? Who was he? Uh, there was a subcommittee of the House Ways and Means Committee. Okay. It wasn't a big, uh, well-attended hearing or anything. And um, what they were talking about was they had law-abiding, just your average run-of-the-mill small business owners who they get paid in cash. They run to the bank every few days, and they deposit that cash in their bank account. They're trying like heck just to make their living, and if it goes well and they can hire people, that's fantastic. They're paying their taxes. Everything's clean. Everything's on the up and up. There's nothing they're doing wrong. 
And then suddenly one day there's a knock at the door, and there's this uh, agents from the IRS, and they say, yeah, we've just seized uh, $940,000 in your bank account. And um, the, this guy who ran a gun store in, in Athens, Georgia, right. who had been served several tours over in Iraq, said he, he basically felt like he was scared to death. He had no idea what was wrong. What was up was the, FB, uh, the, uh, the IRS was looking. There's a banking law that says if you deposit over ten grand in cash, you have to fill out forms for the bank and the IRS because what they're looking for, they're looking for people who are laundering money, you know, illegal drug profits, things of that nature. Right. But mo- these people, these business owners, now ignorance is never an excuse, but all of them at this hearing yesterday said, I didn't know about this, this requirement. And what the feds look for is people who are depositing under ten grand to get around these requirements. Well, these people said that their insurance for their small businesses, they were not insured for any cash losses of over ten grand. So when the till started filling up and they were getting close to ten grand, they'd run to the bank and deposit the money because they right. knew if it went over ten grand, they would lose money. Well, the IRS saw this and said, "Hey, these people are up to no good. They're skirting under this ten thousand dollar rule, so they'd seize the money." And then the business owner, of course, would get their lawyer and their people, and they'd show them there's nothing wrong here. It's all on the up and up. Give me my money back. No, you can't have it back. What do you mean I can't have it? You can't have it back. And the stories that these people told of going for months and months and years to fight with the IRS, when the IRS knew full well that there was nothing sinister going on, nothing, nothing even approaching illegal anywhere, and yet they were trying to pressure these people to give up their money and settle even though they didn't, it's not like they owed taxes. It's not like they owed any fines. They didn't do anything wrong. But they'd say to these guys, well, we'll give you, let's say you got 900 grand, we'll give you 400 grand of it and we'll keep the rest. The guy says, no, I'm not doing that. I'm fighting you. One guy from New York who is a distributor for a convenience store. So, you know, he, right. he takes cigarettes and candy and stuff like that. He's been doing the business for years. And he said that uh, he had finally, after almost three years of fighting the IRS, they had finally told him, yeah, you can have your money back. They still haven't given it to him. And the thing is, when these people finally get their money back, we're talking hundreds of thousands in some cases, right. the IRS doesn't even pay them any interest on it. Now, I bet there's people listening here right now who have fought the IRS, and you know that they always tell you up front, hey, you owe us a couple grand plus penalties, plus interest. But in their case, they're not going to give any interest back to these people. So this was an interesting hearing in the fact that the, the IRS uh, commissioner apologized. He said that in the future, agents are not supposed to do this except if they think that they have actual illegal activity in their sites. But some lawmakers said, hey, it still happened in my district. Right. And, you know, I, how many times, Herman, have we talked about, I don't get still as a reporter here for so many years, why the two political parties, doesn't matter which one, and both of them were all over the IRS yesterday, why they don't try to harness this kind of anger and these kind of examples. I mean, we have hearings every once in a while about how the IRS has run somebody up and down the flagpole, but nothing seems to change about that. There's no big uh, uh, sort of push from the grassroots to then change the way that the IRS deals with people or change the laws or something. And to me, this is another example of it. Horrible stories involving otherwise law-abiding business owners. They were run up and down the flagpole by the IRS simply because they deposited cash in their bank accounts in amounts of under $10,000. You just reminded me of what happened to me when I was drugged through and harassed with an audit back in the 1990s. They finally dropped the claim that I owed in excess of a million dollars when I appealed it because I was fight to the very end. But in order for them to 
drop it. They still wanted me to pay what the penalties would have been on money that I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not making this up. No, listen, that's what one guy, this guy who ran the gun store, said. He finally settled and gave them $50,000 of his money, even though he didn't owe it to Didn't them, owe it. Because he just wanted to be done with it. He said he wanted to live to fight another day. That's exactly what a lot of people do. And I personally have been through. That's just wrong. That's why I'm going to stay on my soapbox. And Shaney B is going to get me a new one when I wear this one out. We got to replace the tax code. That's where this goes. And you're right, Jamie. Both parties, they can put they can put a stop to this kind of abuse. Oh, they, and, and members, Democrats and Republicans were both all over the IRS chief yesterday. I mean, because this is the kind of thing that they hear about from back home. When they do a lot of constituent work, people call up and say, you know, the IRS is telling me that I owe them hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're just dead wrong. And then they help figure it out and hammer it out. And, uh, again, it's on my blog, jamiedupree.com. Yeah. It, it's just one of those stories you think. Thank yep. God that's not me. Take a look at it, folks. Uh, we did a copy of it. In fact, I used it in the uh, show earlier today. Now, so what are the next steps with this committee? Well, I mean, they could certainly uh, try to uh, pass a, a law that would uh, uh, just, you know, instruct the IRS not to do these kinds of things. The, the, the IRS commissioner said, no, no, we're not doing it anymore. But as I said, there were a couple of lawmakers who said, well, yeah, you are. We're hearing about it from back home. Yeah. So they can only you know, keep the heat on the IRS and try to make sure that it doesn't change. But you and I both know that there's only so much you can keep your thumb on and your finger on real close all the time. And you're not out there in the in the provinces watching these IRS agents at all times. So, I, you know, more hearings, maybe legislation, maybe overall reform of the tax code. I, look, I, de I definitely my number one option and choice would be replace the tax code. And I know you use the word reform. That's a Washington word, Jamie, because you don't believe that we could ever replace it, do you? Oh, you definitely we could. I'm not sure that the uh, you know the cojones would be there in either party to actually do that, but it would be something to see it happen from the ground up. Yeah. Well, I think there needs to be legislation to thwart these kinds of interpretation of the rules. Uh, I think it's a flaw in the rules, quite frankly. Yes, there are things that they can look for to see if someone is probably doing something illegal, but it is just flat-out wrong for somebody to be assumed guilty unless proven innocent, and that's the way the IRS works. And just for the commissioner to promise we're not going to do it anymore, no, that's not good enough in my opinion. Well, that's what a number of lawmakers said. How can you assure us? And he kept saying, and they even it, it took a little while to drag an apology out of him as uh, members were really putting the heat on him on this one issue. It was, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things. Members of Congress hear a lot of stuff from back home about how constituents are having trouble with the IRS. But do Cong does Congress take that next step to actually? I mean, they could change the law governing this ten thousand dollar you know deposit thing that sets off the alarms. Right. But we'll see whether or not this just sort of gets lost, and we have another hearing about it in a few years. Last item. Do you? You think that the president is certainly going to veto the Keystone Pipeline bill? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. The only issue is when the bill gets to him. Congress can hold on to it for a few days before they send it down. So we'll see when they exactly they send it to the White House. But it looks like right now that will be his first veto of 2015. He's only had two vetoes before this in his six years in office. And, you know, uh, I would forecast that a lot more bills will be vetoed by the president, except 
that Democrats have already demonstrated in the first five weeks of the new Congress that they're ready to use the filibuster. You know, for example, the, the big fight we're having right now over the, the funding for the Department of Homeland Security and then the immigration executive actions. I mean, Democrats theoretically could not filibuster, allow the uh, Republicans to pass that bill, send it to the president and have it vetoed. But I think the Senate Democrats have decided they're going to act as a buffer so that the president won't have to veto that many bills. Well, once again, doesn't help the interests of the people. Hey, all I can tell you is what's going on, Herman. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks a lot, Jamie. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Hear Herman Cain anytime on demand at HermanCain.com. Share the experience with friends and tell them to click on Cain 24-7. Wrong is wrong, folks. And we have got to not give up in fixing it and making it right.